What's going on, everybody? Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports, and we are here on the long-awaited NFC South Division episode. We've got a special guest on to talk about the Carolina Panthers. You're going to have a blast with it. We also have myself and Connor going to be getting into a little bit, little bit of a debate later on in the episode in the second half. It should be a lot of fun. Stay tuned, guys. Let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most. And you see, if you're watching on YouTube, I made some alterations to my slide. I added a lot more stuff to it. So I'm liking the way it looks. I still like that nice centerpiece, that Jeopardy trophy that I'm still holding on to back over here. But I'm excited to do this episode. I'm excited to finally debate Zach on this topic that we've been disagreeing about for a few months now and uh, i'm excited to have our special guest to talk about the panthers so i'll let him introduce himself now hey clutch crew fans this is ailes home here if you guys remember me i was on the, one of the past episodes in the past we had a lot of fun talking about uh the Carolina panthers there i'm so blessed and happy to be back with these awesome amazing guys that we uh I contact on the daily. So, guys, without further ado, we're going to get into this, and we're going to talk about how I feel about the Panthers this year and what they could possibly could do or what they possibly cannot do. Uh, but I'm 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 hype and I'm pumped for this, guys. Hopefully, we get NFL season. I'm happy for it. Let's Dude, get into it. Same man, same. And uh, just give a give our listeners um, a little bit of uh, advice on where they can find your creative content. All right, so, uh, so the Clutch Crew fans, uh, you guys can find me on uh, Aaron Swarm TV. Just to let you know that might change in the future. I, I want to take off TV and just have Aaron Swarm, which it was previously. Just keep that in mind. Uh, you can find me on Twitch uh, Monday through uh, Friday now, 6, 6 to uh, 9 or 6 to 10, live streaming Dead by Daylight. Or Fall Guys, uh, just chatting sometimes. Or UGL Duel Links, if you guys are into that on Fridays, it'll be only on Fridays. You can also find me on uh, Twitter at Aaron Swole. That's it. Uh, and yeah, just trying to put out content. Uh, also, I do film too, so you guys, you know, you guys can see that on YouTube as well. Uh, you can check that at H. That'll be on HT Green, which that'll be my partner's, but it's on it's, it's on there. So if you guys want to check that out as well, yeah, that's very cool. Things that you guys can find me on. Yeah, yeah, man. Of course, we met you originally through your podcast, which is no more, unfortunately, yeah, I'm now, sorry. but. <laughs> but uh, but you still have your Twitch channel running almost daily, so that's a great place to get yeah, that's uh, like some live mm-hmm. live Aaron Swarm content. Always great. <laughs> 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 All right, so we'll move in now to the episode, and we're going to start off, of course, with the Carolina Panthers. And before I ask you any questions here mm-hmm. on this list, Aaron, I, I just want to know how long have you been a Panthers fan and what may, what caused you to become a Panthers fan? Oh, that's a good question. You know, Zach. Um, so, guys, I'm going to go back when once upon a time when I was a little baby P, um, back 2005. So, obviously, I was maybe 10. Uh, I started liking the Panthers back then. I was trying to get into sports as a whole. Um, I I was like, because I was watching NFL with my dad for the most part growing up. So, I was like, yo, he's a 49ers fan. Okay, okay, okay. So, I just started getting into it, and it really intrigued me. And then I'm like, oh, I'm like, what team would I like? Obviously, yeah, you, you tend your boy, you just you look at the Panther and be like, oh, God, that's a cat. Ooh, let me like that. <laughs> so, so basically, so that's how it was. It became to be. When I was forced to kill on a Panthers fan, I really wasn't because of, like, the freaking um, the freaking logo back then. Plus, now as I get a chance to know the players, like Steve Smith, Julius Peppers, Mike Wrecker, Jake DeLone, Moose um, Muhammad, uh, going back to those guys, Stephen Davis. And I started playing the games uh, uh, NFL two, uh, 205 on PlayStation 2. I started learning the game better. And that's when I came with True Carolina Panthers fan around, around uh, 2007, 2008 season. And then uh, I was been ever since. I just love the ownership that's taking over for the Panthers right now and uh, David Temper. I think he's going to do right for this team. Uh, to the end of the day, I hope that he's not like Jerry Jones. No offense to any Cowboy fans, I'm sorry. Uh, I want him to let <laughs> I want him to let Marty Horney, the GM, make decisions uh, and 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 stuff like that. And now I'm gonna get into questions. A little more, so I'm gonna stop and we'll let let Zach take it over. <laughs> okay. No, that, that's that's interesting. I was I wasn't sure if you like because I know a lot of Panthers fans became fans and with the Cam Newton era. But it's interesting that you were 
you were with Dick the Malone team before era. that. You yeah. you saw some of the bad times before Cam yeah. Newton. Yes, and I'm still there. We're still in bad times, but I'm still there. I was with the Dick Malone <laughs> time. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. I grew up with. I grew up with those bad times living in North Carolina too. Like that's when the Panthers were still just like a brand new franchise almost too. It's just like crazy. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> it's crazy we'll, to think that they've been around for like, you know, over like almost 25 years now. Yes. Yeah, same, same age that I am now. It was, uh, that came out that is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool that they're the same age as you are. Um, so my first question though, for you is just, it's a broad question, but, what are your general expectations for the Panthers this season? Well, great question. Uh, so we all know the, the Brady drama. We know the Tom Brady drama. We know where he landed. We know where he's at. Um, the Buccaneers got better 100%. The uh, Saints got better 100%. Uh, the Falcons, uh, no. So I think the two teams would be good this year would be the Buccaneers and the Saints would obviously, you know, Obviously, the Saints are always there and always there, you know, in the season. So the, that's not a that's 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 a given. Buccaneers is not always a given. It has been for the last like twenty years, thirty years, fifty years, whatever. But uh, I would say that they'll be a lot better this year. So my expectation for my team this year is not high at all. Um, I'm just happy to see these young guys and see what they can do. Especially our draft picks, we selected all defense first time ever, I think, in the NFL draft. If I'm mistaken, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're uh, right. Yeah. Uh, which I um, I love some of these players that we got in the draft, like a first round pick, Derek Brown. The guy is a beast. He reminds me of uh, of Kwan Short. He also reminds me of uh, what's his name, Reggie White. I know I'm stretching there. I'm stretching there because he hasn't did an NFL snap ever yet. Uh, but I'm stretching, I'm stretching. But anyways, I got high hopes for that guy. Uh, I'm just happy with the young talent we got on freaking defense, man. That Montos kid out of out of out of uh, Penn State. Oh my God, that guy's. If he develops <laughs> it, can be. Uh, so I definitely dig our draft class. Um, I think DJ Moore is uh, is going to have a good good season. I think Terry Bridgewater is going to have a good uh, season. So my expectation overall for this guys is not not high at all. I'm just looking to see these young guys perform and develop into what's going to be a core uh, team that could definitely could definitely make some noise because Tom Brady is old. The goat is old. He's not going to last long, longer there. Breeze uh, is about to be up, uh, and then Matt Ryan's about to be up. So the only one that I think that will be awesome good right now will be us going ten, uh, five to ten years from now because of Bridgewater still young, even though we will probably draft a rookie quarterback this year or next year. And I'm hyped because of all the other quarterbacks in this NFL, NFL South Division is not young. And they have nobody else behind the roster on the depth chart that can actually say, wow, wow, this is going to be good for another five, ten years. So I'm I'm so happy seeing these three teams get old and outdated and Carolina Panthers young, young, younger than a freaking buck wild. You know, yeah. <laughs> that, that's my expectation. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So, so young team that's going to have some growing pains, but in the long run, you think that this yeah. experience is going to help them uh, just to get playing time as young players, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. And it's going to, again, like I said, you got the three other teams in the NFL South that's already aging. They're getting out there. Matt Ryan is almost 35, if not 36. Uh, you got Breeze that's almost in his 40s. You got, like I said, Tom Brady that's like, oh, God, that guy can play in a wheelchair. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, they're getting up there, and none of those teams I just named, those three other teams have any other, any other young quarterback behind them that, that looks like, wow, this is going to be – it's going to be the franchise quarterback. So they're going to have to have down years to get somebody tough there. And I think that once once the Panthers get where they want to go and get these young guys developed and into cool value guys and we get out of the K-1 short contract, uh, it's going to be it's going to be like hell for the, for the Falcons, the Saints, and the Buccaneers on that one. Okay, cool. Cool stuff there. Um now I'm going to ask you the second question. You can mm-hmm. give a you can give an answer for the offensive side and the defensive side, but who are maybe specifically some of those young people that you're really excited for on your team on both sides, offense and defense? Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the draft class right now. Um, I do like I do like uh, like I said I do like that uh, that round pick uh, the fifth round pick. Uh, what's his name? Oh my god, I can't remember. He's out of uh, West uh, West Virginia, Kenny uh, 
you guys know, oh my god, I can't think of his name right now. Kenny, I know it's fucking say I can't think of his last name. But he was a sleeper. A lot of people think that uh, he could have went lower. Uh, they think that if he do develop, he would be a good safety. I I am happy with the second round pick that we traded up to get from, uh, you know, up to get uh, Jeremy Chen. Uh, those two safeties, I'm, I'm hyped for, especially Jeremy Chen, uh, if you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm, yeah, really hyped, I'm really hype about him. I think he, I'm not putting this out there again. I, again, I think he could be a above average, but he, I like I said, my expectation is not going to go high, but he could develop to that superstar safety that we never really had. We never had a really a superstar safety ever in our franchise. Mike Minter, back in the day, back in the 90s, mid-90s, uh, early 2000s, mid-2000s, but still, I don't think, we really didn't have a safety that was really like, like, oh my God, this guy is a sweater. So, you know, so I would say if he does develop, we got ourselves a freaking seal, even though that we traded, we traded up to go get him now. Uh, so that's the defense. Offense, um, we really didn't suck any offensive guys, but we did go out and get uh, Bobby Anderson out of New York. Uh, he's still young. He's like 26. He's still young. Uh, he really had some good years. I think he had one good year in New York, but he really is yet to blossom as that number one or number two solid, solid uh, wide out. So I would say this is the year for him to, after signing a two-year, I think $20 million, uh, $23 million deal with us, I think he needs to go ahead and show what he's what he was capable of and what the Jets drafted him to be. Uh, with that, but I, I'm going to, even though I said Bobby Brown, I'm actually going to switch my gears. I'm going to say DJ Moore because he's still young. He's still, he had a couple good se- good seasons in his uh, rookie and sophomore year. This is his uh, junior year, he needs to show that he could be the number one. I think I I rather do I rather DJ be number one and Bobby Anderson develops into a solid number two. So that's my offensive defense. Well, if DJ Moore is in the indication of how when I've played with him in Madden when I was the Panthers, then he's going to turn out to be awesome because he was I broke all the receiving <laughs> records with DJ Moore in Madden. So I, I still think I still think he's going to be because he was day by comparison to the Panthers should have took. Calvin Ridley or DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is the better one there. Uh, just the simple fact is that Calvin has had some injuries. Well, DJ has really haven't had anything set in the back mm-hmm. right now. It's just been mm-hmm. the quarterback situation that was sending him back. And, and of course, of course, when all else fails, you know, all the fantasy owners are going to like this. Run CMC. <laughs> you know, oh, still got the best I'm glad we signed him. I'm glad we signed him. You don't get me freaking started. I'm glad we signed him to that massive contract. We got six shows with the guy because he had two years left, and we gave him a four-year sentence. So I guess that – am I right, guys? That does contact on to the two years that he had left, had left right? It's technically, it's a six-year yeah, yeah. deal. Yeah, that's – it's an extension. So he's got his current contract, and then that's the extra four years. So, so yeah, so he would finish that the first two years. Uh, this year, next year, then that's when the four years would kick in, basically. Got it. Yep. All right, uh, Connor, you wanna you wanna tell question number three to Aaron? Yeah, sure. So obviously, you know, you mentioned you talked about this a little bit before, um, and you were, when you were talking about the, the Panthers, that you don't have too high hopes for them, but you're glad they're young. So, out of those division rivals, I guess particularly in your case with the Saints and Buccaneers, uh, but also the Falcons, who's what scares you the most about those teams? Um, that's a good question. I would say the Buccaneers scare me. Because of they like I said we they, we know they got Tom Brady he can still sling that he can he can sling that shit like butter, uh, but I I would say um, I would say o, o. J. Howard's gonna break out this year. I I I'm I'm, I'm mm, I am just I am not uh, I'm scared of him. I'm really scared of O. J. Howard this year. I think he's really gonna turn into what he was supposed to be being a first round pick that he slid it down. Uh, I would say Mike Evans is gonna still be his normal self but but since brady's done he likes to put the ball around i can see evan's numbers dropping uh, i can see oj's going up because he loves tight ends uh so i'm scared of that the saints on the other hand it's it's the same thing every year i'm always scared of the saints but i think i think with with uh with the saga going around with breeze i think that kind of hurt the team's chemistry a little bit so they're still a threat but i don't think that they'll make a threat like like the buccaneers are and uh, I would say the Falcons, uh, no, the Falcons are in the basement like us. I have no, it's going to be who's going who's gonna to play for the, who's going to play for the top pick in, between the Falcons and, and, and us. Uh, I'm sorry, Falcons fans, you guys, no, you guys ain't doing nothing. 
you guys got a defense that's depleted. Uh, you guys got a uh, got a quarterback that's that's older, that's getting old as dirt. Uh, he really hasn't really proved himself other than choking in the Super Bowl. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, I'm talking a lot of smack. Uh, but I'm just being I'm just being honest. Uh, but yeah, so that's my go for the Buccaneers is the one I'm circling this year. Unless unless they unless Brady shows his age, uh, then then I'm looking at the Saints. But other than that, if Brady doesn't show his age and he has a good start at the beginning of the year. Look for the Buccaneers to try to take that division from the uh, Saint, from the Saints. Just like I said, the Panthers is not winning the division. Uh, not the division. I could see if, if if one of these, if the Saints or the Buccaneers slip, if they actually have slip and Carolina can stay on their feet, could probably sneak in as a eight and eight wild card. That can happen. That's possible. That's doable. Uh, I'm not, like I said, we're going back to the expectations, even though I'm talking, you know, about who I was going about, but I would definitely say, um, realistically, Panthers ain't going nowhere this year. We'll be playing for the first overall pick, but yeah, that's, so that's my, uh, that is my, uh, who I'm, that's who I'm scared mostly about is those bucks, man. Okay. Yeah. And so it sounds, I mean, I think most people could probably guess your one to four predictions for the division, but go ahead and rank the teams in the division from best to worst. Um, right now, I'll say uh, even the Buccaneers got better. The Saints are still there, so it'll be Saints, Buccaneers, Falcons, my team. Okay. Honestly, so yeah. I'll I'll put the Saints number one, Buccaneers number two, Falcons number three, and Panthers number four. Just because we're a lot younger. The Falcons, even though the Falcons is depleted, we're a lot younger with less experience. The Falcons still have some experience on that roster. Uh, we don't uh, hardly, uh, even though Teddy Bridgewater has some. Some things he, he has been injury prone. Uh, so I would say, you know, defense is very, very young back there. Uh, even the pass rushers other than K. Wanchuk and a couple others. So I would say, yeah, I'll put us last. I'm going to be honest. Okay. That's honesty right. right there from a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so before we get into the debate between Connor and myself, I've got a couple, <laughs> I've got a couple of these mini questions for you to answer. Just more about your fandom with the Panthers and stuff. But uh, pick – Pick a favorite player if you have one right now on the current team. Who would be your favorite player? If I don't say this, I think the Killing Panthers fans would definitely choke me out. Uh, obviously, has has to be my man, man CMC, man. I love that guy. Uh, even though I didn't follow him too much in college, my friend did, and he was disappointed at the Eagles. I knew I knew he was not going to drop down the Eagles. The Eagles had a 14 pick that year. If the Chargers were not going to take him, if he wasn't taking fourth overall, and he wasn't taking seventh, who do you think he was going to take him? So that's that's how I was picturing it, and we he dropped to us, and we was lucky to get him. And I'm glad we did because he is my favorite player. I would be honored to meet that guy, uh, just in person because he's just he's just so humble, and and he, even though he got paid that major contract, he was still like, yo, this, even though this is my team, I'm this is this is us, man. Why not us? So I love his attitude, and he knows we're going to be in a rebuilding stage. He knows we're not going anywhere for the next three to five seasons. Uh, so and he wants to play his career, his best years in Carolina because of at this this contract's up at the six years is up. He's technically because he's twenty. He's my age, uh, twenty three, twenty four. If not, I think he's twenty eight. He's gonna be twenty nine, gone thirty, age thirty. And normally people know as that as the running back starting to decrease. Uh, Adrian Peterson has some words about that. Uh, but I still think that he could. I still think he could still play at the age 30, 31. So if he does, uh, he's gonna play his rest of his prime with us. Hopefully, he'll play the rest of his career with us. I'll be happy right. to see him retire. Play as a Carolina Panther, retire as a Panther. All right. So CMC's mm-hmm. your favorite current player. Yep. The Panthers have had a lot of great players in their history. Luke Keekley, Cam Newton, Steve Smith are some that come to mind for me. But if you had to pick your all-time favorite player, who would it be and why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm I'm gonna say this because he jumped off my head, uh, and he you could, the dude was freaking unstoppable. Luke Keekly, just because this is why, <laughs> because of the fact is that guy had a motor, motor, motor. You, you slam in the neck, the guy would the guy would eat you for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I would say <laughs> that's why I choose Luke Keekly. The fact is he was never out of a tackle. If he was. That was slim to none. He had shown well. It's like this guy has it. Like I just said, going back, the guy has a motor. Like you can, you can, you get, you got a little cry chop this behind for him to go down. Like literally, obviously that's the penalty. You can't do that. 
So it's like he was in every play. I remember when we drafted him ninth overall. I'm like, this cat's gonna be good. I just got a gut feeling. Like I even said at the TV, I'm like, yo, this guy is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I was like, my favorite. Would he see a Hall of Fame? Probably not. The numbers are there. Just he doesn't have a ring. Uh, he he retired way too young. Uh, just because of those those some some things behind why, and I got a, I got a feeling that Weber will. We probably said it for another day. Uh, but uh, yeah, I hope that he does get to Hall of Fame because I think he because nobody I have not seen a player ever even Brian Orlacher I haven't seen a player like Kikli like that ever and have the high motor and still be able to make tackles like he come from left field and still tackling it's still tackling so yeah Connor do you do you think Luke's gonna make the Hall of Fame Yeah Connor that's a that's a very good question um, I mean it's Unfortunately for Keekley, I don't know how good it looks for him just because I'm kind of going off of like what happened with Patrick Willis this year for the Hall of Fame because, you know, Willis was kind of the same way. He had like a fantastic career, but he retired so soon. And, you know, obviously Willis didn't have a ring either. And so not having that longevity, I think, is really going to hurt him because even with Patrick Willis this year, like, I I don't know if I thought he was going to make it, but I thought that he was going to at least be one of the guys that like they were really considering. But then they didn't even announce him as a finalist. Like when they got the to the decision to like pick the 15 finalists, Willis wasn't even one of them. I thought that was really surprising. So unfortunately, it doesn't look good for Luke Keekley. So I mean, he's definitely I I don't know. It's going to be hard. It's if he does, it's going to take a long time, I think, unfortunately. Just, yeah, because, I agree. Just, be, just because of the fact that he retired so soon. Like, if he played, if he had played a few more seasons, I don't think he would have needed that ring. But the fact that he retired at age 28 or 29 is really going to hurt his chances. Yeah, I'm going to pay back on I'm going to try and cut you guys off. I'm going to pay back on Connor with Craig. I'm going to go on a tangent. I totally agree with Connor on 100% there. The fact that if he, like Connor would say, if he did play two more years and had over 1,000 tackles each or even come close to it, I think definitely shoe in Hall of Fame, no doubt about it. Um, I'm not being biased. I'm being realistic. I don't think he gets in just because of the fact he's a child so young. That's I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you that Carolina, Carolina, Carolina Panthers fans, but that's listening. But hey, that's just facts. Unless, unless, unless it takes time, like Connor will say, it could take up. It's going to take up to ten years, anyways, because you have to wait ten years before you're eligible. But I think if it's going to happen, it's going to take somebody to look at the numbers and really dissect it. But I, I definitely think he needed at least another season to two. Yeah, at least at least See, tackles. Yeah, yeah. I I'm actually gonna disagree with you guys. I do think what he's a gonna shock. make Zach's it. disagreeing with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, this is a good disagreement for for Panthers fans, but I do think he's gonna make it. I don't think it'll be on the first ballot, you know. But oh, for sure, uh, yeah. He was so he was just so dominant for a decade, and I, he made he's gonna make the All Decade team, and and he was really. The, probably between him and Bobby Wagner, one, two best linebackers for the decade. I think that's going to be enough to get him in. I, I do think eventually he will get in. Um, it's going to take some time, I think, a little bit of time. But I, I do like his chances, actually, just because of how dominant. I mean, he was rookie of the year. Um, oh yeah, he he, he always Defensive had player good. of the year one time. Yeah, he he has all a lot of Pro Bowls, like ten, I think, like what nine Pro Bowls, ten Bowls, something that's like that. Yeah. That's the thing is, is he his whole career he was productive. It wasn't like it took him a couple of years to get the ball rolling. So I think because of that, I think it gives him a good chance to get in. But you never know with the Hall yeah. of Fame. I've been waiting for a Jaguar <laughs> in, and they still haven't put a Jaguar in yet. You've so. still been waiting for Tony Vaselli. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think I think the key for him really is going to be to find. He's going to have to go in one of those years where there's like not a huge amount of first time people that could make it. You know, because obviously. This upcoming season, it's like I'm trying to think of who are going to be like the first time Hall of Famers this season. It's going to be like obviously Peyton Manning is going to be. Um, that's a shoo-in. Charles right. Woodson is he right? Yeah, Charles, that's a yeah. shoo-in. That's a shoo-in. Yeah, I think it's Charles Woodson. So he's going to have to find one of these years that you know <laughs> that it doesn't have a lot of these first time people coming in that are either shoo-ins like Peyton Manning or Charles Woodson or people that are you know have a good chance like Reggie Wayne last year had a good chance to make it. And even though he didn't, so it's going to be, have to be one of those years like that, where there's not a whole lot of people like that in my yeah. opinion. <clears throat> All right. So moving on now to the final mini question here, uh, 
Aaron, how would you rate the offseason moves for the Panthers? They lost a lot of people like Keekley and Greg Olson come to mind, uh, Cam Newton as well. But they also did bring in a new quarterback. They had that draft. They brought in a new coach. In general, how would you rate the moves with the coach and the draft and, and the free agency? Oh, you did it to me, Zach. You did it to me. <laughs> um, all honesty, uh, the, when I was seeing when I was seeing the moves being made and they was uh, dropping like flies, I'm like, crap, what is this owner doing? But I know he had a plan. So I'm sitting and I'm watching, watching. So honesty, I C plus. Plus off season because we lost so many pieces. Uh, Greg Olson, we should have kept him uh, just because to have veteran presence is the best on a young, young squad like that. Uh, Newton, I don't know what happened there. Uh, that was that was a little wishy washy. Um, I think uh, the fact is that I don't think um, Joe Brady, our new office coordinator, didn't want him or Matt Wool didn't want him. It was one or the other. I don't know there, but that was I think that was wrong. I think Cam should have had a chance to have another season with us to see what he possibly do. But $21 million on a rebuilding squad, it kind of kind of stains uh, on, on, the, on, the, on the pay books, so I kind of see why that they made that cut. Uh, but, I, uh, but I do like the Teddy Bridgewater signing. I think he is a little bit more accurate than Cam on a certain level because I've seen him practicing on, on Facebook the last couple of days with video. His throws are on more point. Not never down Cam. I was definitely. A, I'm definitely for Cam. I'm. A, I'm. I'm a Cam lover. Panthers fans. Don't. Don't. Don't bring your pitchforks and and, and hand grenades, please. Okay. Um. <laughs> I'm totally. I'm totally happy with Pittsburgh, Carolina. Uh. I just think that his. I just think that he was just got robbed of, of uh having a chance to finish his career there. Uh. But I'm happy with Bridgewater. I'm happy with the team's moves. I don't think that they deserve to be. Just because the team's young, we don't have a lot of veteran players. We let them go. So I'll say a C plus, uh, and that will go up because of these young guys. Some of these guys, you're not gonna hit. Like this is about okay. Listen, this this is about something with uh, with people that are prospects. Okay, you don't know if you're gonna hit, you're gonna miss. Okay, if you could might you might miss on the first round pick. You know you might hit on the fifth round pick. Okay, so it's like it's not any time that you draft somebody that's not guaranteed that you're gonna be getting a good solid raw good, hungry, bulldog player, you know. So, <laughs> Gotta say that there, right there. <laughs> yeah, basically. So it's, like, so it's like, you don't know. But at the end of the day, I think that they have, I think they did enough things this season to earn my C+, because I, I love the future. The future is bright with okay. everything nice. Uh, yeah. But – uh, but I'm thinking for the future. I know we're not healing now, like, like going back to my expectations in the high at all. So they, to me, they deserve a C plus with all the yeah, I, I think that's I think that's fair for sure. That's pretty fair. Um, mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's get in now to the debate. Connor and I are going to be debating the Bucks and the Saints, and well, I guess I'm going to go talk with... about our division predictions slightly first. I guess we well, should talk about the, what we think about the other two very quickly. Okay. Yeah. 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 So obviously the Bucks and Saints will be one and two for. Um, in a different in a various orders between Connor and myself, but <laughs> uh, but I I agree with Aaron. I have the Falcons at third, and I've got the Panthers at fourth. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, the Falcons at third, the Panthers at fourth. I mean, the Panthers. It's definitely something that could, you know, with if they can develop all these young players, it could turn into something. But there's just too much unprovenness on the team. Like, can Teddy Bridgewater do it for for a full season? You know, they don't have a tight end anymore because of Greg Olson retiring. And obviously on the defense, like, I will say this about the Panthers. They have the potential to have probably one of, if not the best defensive lines in the uh, NFL next season. Like, with Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Kwan Short, and Uter Grossmatos. Like, if Brown and Grossmatos, like, develop really well to pair with Burns and Short, that is going to be a scary, scary defensive line. Now, obviously, the issues lie in mostly the secondary, but also with the linebackers is can Shaq Thompson come up and be the guy now that Luke Kuechly's retired? So just a lot of unprovenness. And then the Falcons, obviously, I'm not – I'm going to say this now. I'm not going to pick them <laughs> to win the Super Bowl again this year like I did last year. <laughs> um, I mean – it's just it seems like it's going to be the question for the Falcons every year is like can they stay healthy 
because if they stay healthy, I think they have a good shot to maybe do something like maybe compete for a wild card position or something like that. But it seems like every year, like four, four or five people get injured and then they turn into a six and 10 team again. So even though they've got all the talent in the world, so I guess I'll just put them at number three this time and not make a fool out of myself and <laughs> pick them to win the Super Bowl again. <laughs> yeah. I, so. I, 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 I do want to say, so I do want to pick back up kind of just one little side thing. Olsen was released and signed with Seattle on a one-year deal of $9 million. Just put that out there. Yep. Yeah, he's so. going to Seattle, so they, they're cooking up something for this year for but sure. I probably 100, I totally 100% agree with Connell on that statement is the fact is that it's on privacy, but that motto skills like I like him a lot. <laughs> there you go. All right, so the Bucks and the Saints. All right, everybody strap in for this one. Um, Who's got the Mortal Combat like, round one? Fight! <laughs> Fight! Yeah, so I... I was pretty confident in this as soon as I heard the Tom Brady signing. Uh, as soon as I as soon as that was confirmed, I said the Buccaneers are going to win the NFC South. And so far after that signing, all the moves that the Buccaneers have made and some of the blunders by the Saints have just confirmed in my head that that's what's going to happen. The Buccaneers are going to win the division, and really. It's because of the quarterback change. I mean, here's the crazy thing. The Buccaneers went 7-9 and nine last year, of course. And with Jameis Winston, surprisingly, they actually had a chance to make the playoffs, but they had a lot of close losses, two overtime losses to Seattle and Atlanta. They lost by three points at the end of the year to Houston in a meaningless game. They didn't really try to win. There was that heartbreaker loss to the Giants early in the season, Winston played terrible down the stretch of that game. They had a big lead and choked, and they only lost by four points to Tennessee. So they they really had a good season last year, just a lot of close losses, and those sort of deals can get flip-flopped from year to year. You can see a team win a lot of close games, and then the next year they lose all their close games and vice versa. So I don't really look at that as a negative trend. I, I don't think they're losers or whatever. I don't think that they're that's that they think they're losers. Um, I think really the biggest change for the Buccaneers is Tom Brady and just the wisdom, the stability, all the stuff that he brings, not even physically to the field, is going to help this team out. This team has never won anything. They've never won the division or been in the playoffs for a decade. And they're really hungry. And Tom Brady has been to six super, one six Super Bowls. We all know that. And he's going to bring that experience to this team. He's going to bring that leadership, all the stuff that worked up in New England for him. He's bringing all his secrets down. He's already made connections with all the receivers. All I mean, Gronk's there. Obviously, he knows him from from New England. But uh, basically, Tom is going to be the leader of this team, and he's going to just just totally changed the life that they had because with Jameis Winston, it was, let me just chuck the ball down the field and see who catches it. And 30 <laughs> times last much. year, 30 <laughs> times last year, it was, it was the other team that caught it. And a lot of those were pick sixes and defensive player of the year right there. <laughs> when you throw a pick six, it's just for the whole team. It's just a big letdown. The defense is like, gosh, we're not even on the field and the other team scored. The offense is like, my God, we're, we just gave them – it's just so terrible. Um, 30 interceptions by Jameis. Granted, he did – you know, when you throw those, throw those deep balls down the field, you get some here and there. So he had a lot of yards. He had a lot of touchdowns. Uh, but this offense is solid. Uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they're already proven made men receivers. They're not – you know, we were talking with the Panthers, a lot of unproven stuff there. These guys are Pro Bowl, made men, wide receivers, bona fide stars that you have on the outside. Two of them on the outside is rare in the National Football League. And then when you get to the middle of the field with the tight ends, you have the best set of tight ends, in my opinion, in the NFL. You have so much depth at this position with three tight ends that would be number ones on a lot of teams, in my opinion. And that's, of course, Cameron Braid, O.J. Howard, and Gronk. And a lot of the haters and stuff are going to be like, oh, Gronk retired and everything. He's still only 31 years old. 
He was bruised up a lot in his career. And I think having a year off, just leaving New England, that rigid system that they have with Belichick, I think he just needed that mentally and physically for his body and mind. And I think now in Tampa, he's going to be so much better. Um, and and the thing is, is he doesn't have to be the old Gronk too, because with OJ Howard and with Brait, they can split the load. They can go two tight end sets with with uh, interchanging those three tight ends, and they all have different skill sets. And at the very least, I still think Gronk can be a good blocker as well. So you have OJ Howard, a main receiving tight end, and you can have Gronk as a better blocking tight end. It's just along with the chemistry, he already knows. Brady's not he Brady's going to know what Gronk's going to do. He's still going to be kind of figuring that stuff out. The start of the season might be rough with the Buccaneers. Brady's got to figure out his teammates, of course, no preseason that hurts them, but eventually they're going to get the gears clicking and it is a long season, 7 16 games. Uh not 17 yet, but um I love the offense and let me get to the defense real quick before I go over to hear Connor's side about the Saints, but the defense, I, I think the defense gets really underrated because you look at the scoreboard and you look and see, oh, they gave up 30 points. They gave up 28 points. Really, did they? Because Jameis Winston threw all those pick sixes that they weren't on the field actually contributing to. And also it, it, just the turnovers in general with all those turnovers uh, that Jameis Winston committed. There was a lot of short fields for the Buccaneers to defend, and it was tough for them to do that. Uh, I trust Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator. Really, the whole coaching staff I'm in love with for the Bucks. I think they're great fits for the Buccaneers. And, and Todd Bowles, he makes this defense better every single year. He's not a great head coach, but as a defensive coordinator, he definitely can develop these young guys. And the defensive line's the strength of this team. I mean, Shaq Barrett, Nanama Kinsu, JPP, Vita Vea across that defensive line. It's a good mix of pass rush and run defense. Vita Vea and Sue are, are bona fide run stoppers in the middle of that defensive line. Uh, those guys are, well, v, Vita's young. Um, he's And Sue's had some injury problems as well. But if those guys can stay healthy, man, that's a tough team to run against. And then on the outside, you've got JPP, who they brought back for a hometown discount. And Sack Barrett, as I like to call him, he's just going to get sacks. That's what he does. Uh, so you got pass rush. The linebackers, Levante David, most underrated linebacker in this league. Nobody talks about him, but he goes to the Pro Bowl every single year. You've got him. He's the veteran presence on this defense. Uh, and Devin White, too, in the middle. He's in coming into his second year. He had a really strong rookie season. I expect him to only get better. He's a high-character, high-leader type of guy. He's going to be great for the middle of this defense. And then in the secondary probably the weakest part, but still this team got better in the draft, drafting Antoine Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota. Uh, he's going to fill a safety spot for them. They've also got Sean Murphy Bunton and Jamel Dean, who only played, uh, Jamel Dean only started in five games last year and did get two interceptions. So the secondary in the second half of the season, Carlton Davis is there too. They really just got tremendously better and they're going to get better with more experience and, the defensive line is going to help them out. Trust me, when those sacks start to come in, it's going to make it a lot easier for the defense, uh, the secondary especially, to play better. And, and it's really just experience with these guys. Nobody knows who they are, but they're rookies. They're young. They're hungry. Second-year guys, third-year guys, ready to make make a name for themselves in this league. And I'm just in love with this defense in general. I think this offense is probably one of the best in the NFL right now. So with all those things going on, the Saints, <laughs> I don't really have too much bad to say about the Saints other than I do think that Drew Brees is going to start to decline a little bit. Uh, the comments he made in the summer, I think, are going to have some teammates a little wary of him. You know, there's a little bit of friction still there uh, with the Saints and Drew Brees. So, um I don't have so much bad to say about the Saints, but it's more pro Buccaneers. Like I still think the Saints will be good. They're going to be a challenge, but I just think Tampa is more talented overall. So I've talked for long enough. Let's uh, hear what <laughs> Connor's got to say about the Saints. Yeah. So obviously, if you couldn't figure out from Zach's little spiel there that he's pro Buccaneers and I'm on the side of the Saints. Um, if you actually watched, I can't remember which episode it was now. It was a couple episodes ago that I actually came out and 
added to my locks that I'm locking that the Saints are going to win the NFC South. Um, and mainly because I just think they have the best all-around team in the NFC South. And also, I mean, I think a lot of it when it comes, a lot of this debate really is about the Buccaneers. I don't think there's too much debate between Zach and I about the Saints other than maybe Drew Brees that like we both agree that they're a really good team. Um, I think most of the debate comes down to the Buccaneers, but I'll start with the Saints. I mean, Drew Brees is still Drew Brees. I mean, even at 41 years old, he was still fantastic last year. I mean, I guess I'll talk a little bit, a little bit about uh, Tom Brady, too, when it comes to this. Um, Tom Brady last year started to decline. We saw failing numbers from him, whereas Drew Brees, even though he got injured and didn't play all the games, he still you know, put up numbers and still contributed. Now, obviously, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas are pro bowlers. They're all pros. Jared Cook's a fantastic tight end. Now, and also, I think one big key for the New Orleans Saints is their offensive line. They have three pro bowlers on that offensive line with the two tackles, Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramsick, and also the left guard of Andrus Pete are all pro bowlers. They do have a new right guard that they drafted this year, but when three of the offensive linemen are pro bowlers, I think that's good enough. Um, you know, they can kind of cover for each other. Eric McCoy was solid last year at center, so there should be no issues with Drew Brees, you know, getting sacked every five seconds. Then also, kind of like the Bucks defense, another underrated defense with the Saints. I mean, Cameron Jordan and Sheldon Rankins are great defensive linemen. The secondary is where the strength is, though, with Marshawn Lattimore, Janoris Jenkins, and the acquisition of Malcolm Jenkins in the offseason really boosts that safety core. I mean, it, I think it's going to be really hard for teams to throw on the Saints, especially. It's going to be, if they're going to get it done, they're going to have to get it done on the ground, which you know, in a pass-heavy league, you're not going to see that too often. So definitely good for the Saints there. Now, coming talking about the Bucks. <clears throat> It's really obviously where I have a lot of problems is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like I said about Tom Brady, I mean, 43 years old, he started to decline last year. And I think even though he's going to come in and this is going to be his team, like he's going to be the leader of the team, Brady has not played in a different system his entire career. He's been playing under Bill Belichick for 20 seasons. Like, when you have that structure and that stability of just the one system, I mean, he did have to change offensive coordinators like once, but for probably all but two or three seasons of his, you know, career or for like a very large part of it, Josh McDaniels has been his offensive coordinator too. So while the head coach has been consistent, the OC has been consistent too. He's not been one of these, you know, quarterbacks on a team that's had five different OCs in the last 10 years. So when you have that rigidity and that stability, it's very difficult to change into a new system. And especially with the circumstances surrounding this season, the fact that he's not going to have a preseason to prepare and like, you know, really get used to that system. I think we're going to see a lot of rust from Tom Brady at the start of the year. And I think his age is also, I mean, his age started to show last year and I think it's going to show even more so this year. Now I have nothing bad to say about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They are both fantastic wide receivers. Um, my only concern with the wide receiver core really for both teams, actually the Saints and the Buccaneers is the depth at that position. The Buccaneers and the Saints really don't have a true number three wide receiver, like either of them. So if one of them gets hurt, like if Michael Thomas gets hurt or if Chris Godwin gets hurt, there's no one to really step up and take that position to take the pressure off of the number two guy. So that's the only issue I have there. Other than that, they're fantastic. The tight ends, I think the tight ends are being a little blown out of proportion. With Gronkowski, I actually think it's a hint. While Zach was saying he thinks it's a benefit to Gronk that he sat out a year, I think it's a big hamper when you sit out a year from professional sports, especially at the highest level. I mean, you other than maybe Michael Jordan, there's really no one else that you can say that like officially retired, like sat out a whole season and came back and was the same player. So... I mean, I still think he's going to be a great blocker, like Zach said, but he's definitely not going to be the contributor in the passing game. And he's fragile. I mean, he's been injured so many times in his career that he's definitely fragile and easy, especially when you're not in that football shape. It makes you even more prone to injury. OJ Howard, I think, is quite overrated. Um, having having said this from personal experience of having him on my fantasy team last year and thinking that he was going to be fantastic, I can't tell you how many tight ends I went through last season in fantasy because O.J. Howard just did not perform. Obviously, it didn't help that Jameis Winston was throwing it all, you know, deep balls down the field. But 
I still don't. I still think he's overrated given his performance last year. Cameron Bray is a solid number two for sure. I don't think he's a number one, but definitely the three tight ends is helpful. I just don't think they're all what they're cracked up to be. And then obviously I'll get then the two biggest weaknesses on the offense, the running game and the offensive line. I mean, they drafted Tristan Wirfs, but who knows how good he's really going to be. And when Tom Brady is back there getting sacked three or four times a game, you know, that's not good for a 43-year-old quarterback to be taking hits every five seconds. So the offensive line is going to be a big, a huge issue. And also having no running game, obviously this is a pass-heavy league, and, you know, they've got the receivers and the tight ends. But having that running game really gives you a second dimension to your offense. I think it's what really turned the Saints around, really, was when they finally got Mark Ingram and they finally had a running game to back up Drew Brees because Drew Brees was still out there throwing 5,000-yard seasons. But the Saints could never go anywhere because they were having to rely so much on that passing game. But when they got Mark Ingram and then now, of course, Alvin Kamara, that really turned them around and they really started becoming perennial Super Bowl contenders, really. I mean, I know they've had their issues in the playoffs, but they still became perennial Super Bowl contenders. So my main problems with the Buccaneers are definitely the offense. The defense, I will say, is like Zach said, underrated. The front seven is outstanding. Um, I don't think I have anything bad to say about any of the front seven. I mean, Shaq Barrett was a defensive player of the year candidate last year. Um, I mean, I think him, I can't remember. I think him and TJ Watt, like I think TJ Watt maybe had one more vote when it came to like second and third place. Obviously Stefan Gilmore was the one who won it, but him and TJ Watt were neck and neck for that second place finish last year when it came to votes. I think TJ Watt had like 13 votes and Barrett had 12. So obviously a fantastic player. Levante David is very underrated. Devin White, I remember back in the draft when um, two seasons ago when the Steelers got Devin Bush and I was hoping that in some magical fantasy world that Devin White was going to fall to the Steelers, but obviously that didn't happen. So um, we lost out on him. Um, And then it's just really the secondary, like Zach said, that's weaker. Um, If the secondary can't hold up, then teams are just in, again, pass-heavy league. The Saints' strength and the Buccaneers' weakness, the secondary. If teams are going to throw all over the Buccaneers, it's going to really wear out that defense. And the, I don't think the offense is going to be able to keep up with it. So that's my opinion on the Buccaneers and Saints. I don't know if Zach wants to come back and give me a counterpoint or anything on no, something. No, I mean, like, honestly, I could, and then we could go again and again and again. <laughs> go on. <laughs> well, for, well, yeah. Well, I guess the last thing I'll talk about is really, because I know you actually mentioned this in our Facebook chat when we were discussing this the first time, was the schedules of the two teams. Um, obviously, we don't know exactly like how home and away is going to work right now. I mean, if they're still going to plan to do it under the regular way, like have no sort of, you know, confining teams, then it's really, they have very similar schedules. Um, The only thing that the saints have that's harder than the Buccaneers, in my opinion, is they have to play the 49ers, but they do get to play the 49ers at home and both teams play the chiefs and both teams play the Vikings. And those are both again, home games and they both play the Packers at home. So there's nothing really separating the schedules too much. I think the other one game that the Saints have that could be a little bit challenging is they have to go to Philadelphia and play the Eagles. But um, other than that, I think their schedules are very even. And it's I think it's really going to come down to, obviously, the head-to-heads between the two of them. Yeah, yeah, they're in the same division, so their schedules are basically the same. The only difference is since the Saints finished them first – they have to play those first place, those two other first place opponents, and right, right. Those, that would be Philly and San Francisco. Whereas the Bucks get the Rams and I think the Giants or yeah, the Redskins. They get, they get the yeah, they get the Giants. Which, okay, Giants. Which, which, which since they were in third place, so yeah. that's what I was. I think that's the part, the point that you were making was the fact that the Saints had to play the 49ers and the Eagles, whereas the Bucks got to play the Rams. Yeah, and the, the yeah. Giants. So I mean, and and here's the thing: it's you know. This division could be decided by a game or two games or something like that. And any little bit of easier games that you get, I think everybody would say that the Giants and Rams are 
are better to play than the 49ers oh, and yeah, uh, yeah. Eagles. Especially the, so especially the Giants. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. The, the Rams are still kind of like, and the Rams def- are, definitely, yeah, playing, yeah. definitely playing the Giants is easier. So, so that was my thing. I, I think this division might be settled, might be between one or two games, and that's the difference maker. That could be the difference maker. You never know. The Saints did lose to the 49ers last year. Jimmy G uh, won in New Orleans, actually in a pretty high scoring game. So you never know the bucks somehow lost to the giants. I don't think that would happen again next year, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that's, that was my point about the schedule. But like I said, I could go back and forth with you, but Aaron, you're sitting by on the sidelines. What do you think of, uh, what Connor and I just said? Oh, you got to put me in this position again. <laughs> um, you guys have both had both solid good points. Um, the fact is that I never look at it that way. I, again, with everything going on this this 2020 uh, year, I haven't really kept up on on sports that much. But I pick it now and then. So I never thought that the Saints have stronger stronger uh, uh, secondary compared to the Bucks. But that two good solid points, two good solid points by two amazing people. So I would say, I'll say the Bucky Mills' weakness is what Connell said is that secondary. Uh, if if that's if that secondary cannot cannot uh, get pressures on those uh the potus the the opposite team's wide receiver it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be tough because like like uh like Connor was saying the uh, Dominican Sue is not a Dominican like he was back when he was with the Lions in his prime years has a lot of mileage underneath that belt of his. Uh they do have Ventavea which I'm so that guy is gonna be nuts. Uh but the thing is the the the, uh, the defense line can only take so much. Uh, it's like it's a pass heavy, uh, heavy uh, league. So if the if the secondary ain't holding up and the pressure can't get to the opposing quarterback, the secondary is going to get beat at the beat at the beat. And they're going to be like, <gasps> <gasps> dang. So <laughs> yeah, basically because especially with some of these uh, in the division, like for example, DJ Moore. We know that even though we're not going to, you know, if something happens drastically, we're not there. But we could still have a good games against the Buccaneers secondary. Uh, especially with DJ Moore and his fast self. Then you got Michael Thomas, uh, the other goat, and then you got Julio Jones, which is he's no slouch. So it's like you do got those other two top wide receivers at those other two uh, people that took the bus twice, home and away. So you definitely have a challenge there. The Saints, on the other hand, um, the strength is is the buck is is the Buccaneers' weakness, but uh, with those linebackers. Uh, and those that that front, I think that could if there was a weakness for the Saints, I think that's the weakness is the is the defensive line. Uh, Cam Jordan is not bad, Richardson is not bad. Uh, Michael uh, Malcolm Brown, if they still got him, he's not bad. Uh, but I still think that uh, that if they can't get to the if they can't get to the opposing quarterback, uh, it's it's it could it could be even though the uh, secondary is is good. Uh, how long can the secondary stand up? How long can Michael Jen- uh, Malcolm Jenkins be that guy that he was in his prime? Malcolm is getting older, uh, you know. So how long can he last, uh, you know, inside a game where you're sitting there, you're getting, uh, you know, because last year I saw some Eagles games last year because my friends are, and it's like he was getting hit for long balls and the long balls, and you could see that he was getting fatigued. So how how can he stand up? Only uh, only one that uh, only thing I can say is that. The Saints' defense line is, is going to have to get to the opposing quarterback, uh, even though that they do. They, yeah, all uh, all in all, the secondary is good because of Marshawn Lattimore. But how about Malcolm Jenkins? Can he last a 16-game season again? Uh, knowing that his body is getting older at, at every year has went by. Uh, they're both two solid teams. Uh, the Buccaneers made some good challenges, uh, some good changes. But going back to what Connor was saying, technically Gronk is in glass. He's he's in a, gra- a glass case. One wrong move, he could be injured. That one off that that one off season could hurt him drastically. Uh, you got OJ Howard. I think he he is somewhat overrated, but at the same time, is he I like I'm totally gonna side with OJ Howard's side this time. The fact is he have like, never ever had a quarterback that that threw to him that's actually that good. So you can't blame him for being from being uh, down and out because of when you got a quarterback that's just just throwing it up and got, hoping that God will go catch it. Uh, <laughs> then, 
then yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Your numbers going to be down. You're not going to get the fantasy points. What are you going to do? You really haven't had a true number one quarterback back there on the center to say hike and get him the get him the the, the ball. I think Tom Brady loves his tight ends. He's going to fall in love with his tight ends. So I could definitely see um uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin's that could also hurt to numbers drop a little bit. But I feel that O.J. Howard's his numbers is going to go up. I know. I know that these tight ends ain't all cracked up to be, but I think this is OJ's how it's time to shine. He finally got a quarterback that's on the center that all he loves is his freaking tight end, especially tall ones that's 6'5", 6'5", and two, like, what, 270? Is it like 250 or 270? Pounds of beef? Jeez, man. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So, I think he just – I think Tom Brady can still sling the ball down the field. Uh, I think – uh, Tom Brady is 43, so he's going to show that he, the offensive line is sucky. He doesn't have the New England offensive line that he has for the last 20 years, so I agree with that. But, 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 since they since they let Brady be Brady, do you just have the Brady system? Hike, throw, hike, throw, hike, throw, hike, throw, no drop it. Hike, throw, hike, throw, where he's just sitting there just showing so <laughs> so Tom Brady Tom Brady something that everybody can't stand that's so successful to these guys off the street. So it's like um, go back to New England. So I think I think if they can do that, get the ball out of his hands quick, he will be successful because he they know the offensive line is uh, is is not the strong suit either. Uh, they're, they're, like, they're still uncertainties, but the Buccaneers still scale me well than the Saints just because of Breeze. The things that Breeze said, like I said, rubbed the people the wrong way, and then. Even though he has three out of what four offensive linemen, that's actually good. Uh, he's not going to be hit like every five seconds. But I still think, I still think that the Buccaneers have have a uh, a good position there. Well, if you can get, if you can get Brady's uh, ball out of his hands quicker than 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 you can say pineapple, I still think that they could uh, get the, run the Saints for the money. Uh, just only to get only to take the division from the Saints. Maybe the secondary is going to develop over the year as the deal goes by. They're not going to be. They can't give up big plays after big plays after big plays. That's the only thing. Same with the same with the Saints. Um, even though they do got a pass, uh, they still got a pass, pass rush. I think if there, if there was a weakness, that's one of the weaknesses. But I think the most weakness they got nobody after Michael Thomas. You know, other than Emmanuel Sanders, he is injury prone. He is fast, but can he stay healthy for a whole season? You might have mentioned. Uh, Sanders, okay? So it's like, that's that's what you guys you got. And then you got Joe Cook, well, could he still, could he, you know, could he still do what he did in Oakland or, or you know, and can he do what he did last year? Uh, that's when you know, plus Breeze is, uh, like we're saying, he is getting up there in age. It only takes one hit. It takes one person to hit Breeze and it could put him out. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But yeah, that's my opinion on it. I still think that the Saints obviously going to be there. Uh, and I think the Buccaneers is going to be there, but I think Whoever wins those only games, you know, the Saints beat the 49ers, they will most likely take the, the South. They lose to the 49ers or the Eagles or both, then I think the Buccaneers have a chance to, to sneak in since they got the easiest schedule, the easiest two teams, the Rams and the Giants. Uh, so I would say it comes on these these only games. You think the only games doesn't matter. They kind of do, okay? You're in a professional sport. The, the games in the beginning of the year kind of do matter. Some people think, oh, yeah, we'll win the next one. We'll win the next one. Yeah, those first two games can decide if you win the division or you lose it. So I would say I would say the Saints beat the two tough teams in the first couple weeks of the schedule. Uh, they'll, they'll, they're going to they're win the division unless, unless they slip up or somebody gets injured, uh, one of the wide receivers gets injured. Uh, but other than that, I think if the Saints has a weakness, it's going to be that defensive line or it's going to be that wide receiver core. Other than that, I can't see no other weaknesses in Saints, Buccaneers, we all know about the weaknesses there, so it's gonna it's gonna count on the, uh, right. the yeah. uh, the only season. <laughs> Man, Aaron, you fit more stuff in like seven or eight minutes there than than a lot of people could fit in an hour. <laughs> no, but um, I'm just like, being honest. Uh, we all got opinions here. Uh, like I said, I'm not I'm not dishing Connor. I it kind of has a good solid point. You guys have a solid point, but like I said, these two teams do got weaknesses. Uh, yeah, yeah. Saints is not solid across the board. I can't look at the Saints and say, oh, my God, they're going to win the division. They're going to go all the way. I don't see that. Uh, I can see that, like I said, they got a good wide receiver in this prime, which is Michael Thomas, but they got nobody under him to compliment him, this, uh, which the the, 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 the the Buccaneers do got the tight end to compliment uh, Chris Godwin, 
and Mike Evans. Uh, if O.J. Howard can be that solid three that Connor was talking about, yeah. And if anything happens to uh, Sanders or Thomas, uh, that's going to be that's going to be harsh for the Saints. Yeah. All right. So we're running up to an hour now, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna gonna end it here. But um, yeah. Hopefully, you guys can uh, pick a side, Saints or Bucks. Let us know in the comments uh, who you agree with more. Uh, it's going to be fun. Hopefully we get the season, man. I really hope we get the season uh, for the NFL. Um, and Aaron, thanks for being on, man. It was a lot of fun to have you back on our show for the second time. You you provided a lot of great analysis there at the end and a lot of great Panthers analysis. So I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. I can't thank you guys enough for ha- ha- having me on here. I hopefully uh, Clutch Proof fans like myself out there, hopefully you guys – you know, love this episode. Hope you guys would love to see me again. I'd like to see you guys comment in the section if you guys would let me come. If you guys will want to have me back for a third time and uh, in a future episode to talk about Panthers. I love yeah. being here. I love talking with these guys. I love uh, making episodes with these guys. Uh, podcasts, talking sports is my is, is, is my thing as well. So hopefully, uh, you know, you fans that there will, you know, again, you guys vote on it. If I, you know, hopefully, you know, I would definitely love to come back. I enjoy it. Um, but anyway, thanks for having me, guys. And no problem, man. To the, to the Clutch Creek yep. fans out there that, that you know, enjoys us. We do have a lot of Panthers fans, so they, they might be requesting for you to come back. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate you guys. Yep. Having. All right, guys. Thank you. Remember – all right. Sorry, the weird ending here. But uh, all right, guys, take care, and remember to be clutch. Bye. For Eric, peace.